Yeah, there we go. Yeah, that's okay. so cute. Hello. Hello. Hi. It's cute though. <laughs> it's like it like you know it's going to work eventually. Yeah. <laughs> 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 it's like you can trust it to kind of work when it feels like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it gets the job done. Ladies and gentlemen, theys and thems, <laughs> welcome back to the show. Um, I'm here with pop singer, songwriter, visual artist, podcaster, and pretty much all-around bad bitch. Yeah. Bronze Avery. Oh my god, it's me. I feel like that's pretty accurate, to be honest. Ooh. Browns, we got you here. Thank you. Wow, that felt so nice to like hear an applause, like especially since being in isolation forever. <laughs> I was like, wow, yeah. there's a crowd. So our, I'm like, our live studio audience is going bonkers. Oh my god, so cute. I love them. If you're listening for the first time, my name is Brown Avery. Ooh, ASMR. I've always wanted to really try this, and I think it's working out pretty well. Um, I'm a recording artist and a singer and a songwriter, and I've been doing it for a really long time. And I love it. That's awesome. Thank you. Wait a minute. Speaking of ASMR, <laughs> I want to give you one of these before we start the show. Oh my god, I love Have you ever had one of these? Yeah, that specific one too. This Dur- is the Ooh. best flavor. <laughs> that was so Wait, I want to do this up to the mic. Hold up. ASMR. And this is this is part of the reason why I also love cans. Oh, wait. I want to try mine. Watch it like spill. Oh, See, isn't it so satisfying? Wait, this is this is sick. Yeah, I love it. It's so cute. So these are for like being social. So I thought this would be a perfect time Cheers. to have. A... You Cheers. know, I have a like funny saying that gays cheers to everything, literally anything. Why not? Exactly. Because why not? I just added that one last week. That one's cute. You are a singer. Yes. Tell me a little bit about what you're working on or what's going on right now. Um, honestly, I feel like I made a lot of music this year. Like at the beginning of the year, I just like was feeling super creative. I think it's because I like figured out how to produce for myself and get really, I just like got really good at it. Production throughout my life has been a long thing. Like I was doing it ever since I was like 10 years old, but always playing around with it and not taking it super seriously because singing and songwriting was like my thing that I did. Like I didn't really own producing. I just always thought it was something that was too hard, even though I was doing it the whole time. So then just, like, I feel like production hits you in, like, waves. Like, you'll go for, like, a year not doing anything great, and then you'll, like, hit a two-week spurt where you figure out something totally new, and it changes everything about the way you do it, and you get so much better. It's, like, you walk for a million miles, and then you just, like, somehow get, like, an elevator up, like, a million floors. Well, that's awesome. So that's what I did during COVID. Hell yeah. So much music, and... I'm, like, sitting on a lot of it, which I've never been able to do that. I always just, like, put out whatever I write immediately. And I I still kind of do that. But I have, like, lots of stuff now. So I can just do whatever I want. That's awesome. And as soon as this is over, I'm assuming you're going to be doing shows at least around the area. I think so. I, like, kind of hate doing shows. Why? Well, I first, to begin... When I saw you at... It was a thing that Jesse St. John put together. Proud 365? Yes. I'm Moroccan. Oh, I couldn't tell you where it was. Oh, that's like one of my favorite venues is why. Okay. The sound I had is so a good fucking there. blast there. I did too, to be honest. That was where that was the first time I ever saw you perform was at that show. Really? Yeah. Did you enjoy it? Yeah, it was really good. Oh, thanks. I think I'm good at it. I used to do theater and stuff. Okay. So I feel confident on stage, but like, I don't know. There's a lot of anxiety that goes into it beforehand, but I love making music. What about your podcast? You have a podcast called Casual I do. Talk. I know. It's like with me and my best friend, Sean. And 
we did it as a way to kind of like meet people but covid kind of happened right as we got started so it kind of prohibited us from like seeing people and then there's an episode there that i just like got super lazy and didn't edit it because i was just like so focused on covid so then we haven't recorded another one so we just have to like get back on it it is so hard it's to do a so podcast. time consuming also me being on here has made me want to revive casual talk because i love doing it i'm glad thank you i feel so like inspired hello I'm... lmao how did you come up with a name i just liked hello lmao hello lmao nick to me no it just kind of works. <laughs> you know it what I mean? It does. It's just like three. It's like a nice <laughs> rhythm. Oh, here we go. Okay, we're getting a call. Call from. Hey, this is Zeke. To accept, press one. This is so crazy. Zeke? Yeah. How's it going, Hi, Zeke? Zeke? Oh, it's okay. How are you? I was watching the debate and then. What was your takeaway from the debates? I mean, it was like watching two grumpy old men arguing over a remote control. <laughs> That's like... actually so fucking funny. Wait. But it's actually so true. I totally. <laughs> oh, did I get did I get a sound effect? Yeah, hell yeah, yeah Zeke. You you oh. you definitely earned that. Oh yeah, you can't hear the sound effect. I guess no, he can. Oh, you can. I, I have a I have a studio audience. That's such a great way to describe it. Honestly, that they're just like it didn't even sound like a real was... debate. It just sounded like people yelling. I mean, it's just like, well, but it was, it was insane. What do you think is going to happen? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen uh, when it gets a little bit closer to the election? The New York Times just released the taxes, right? And it's still September. But historically, a lot of stuff gets dropped in October, right before the election. So if they're releasing this this now in September, what does that mean is going to happen in October? I was, I know I was talking about the same thing today. I was like, I had a long conversation with my mom. I'm like, mom, if it's this early and the New York Times is dropping taxes this weekend, like they have a game plan to drop something like every week now until the mm-hmm. election. And yeah, like, you know, honestly, this is my take. It, like 98% of people in the country have like made up their mind. So it's all about like moving the needle in that last like, I don't know, two to five percent of people and also getting people who are like in that nebulous pool of un, uh, like the undecided crew mm-hmm. to yeah. vote for the first time in their lives. Yeah, yeah, I don't really understand the people who are undecided at this point. It doesn't really make a lot no, of sense not. to me. Yeah. Me either. There, there but that's never very, made sense to me. There aren't very many people. There are a lot of people who do not vote, and it's always very surprising to me because I'm just so opinionated. I feel like I just want to share my... You know what I mean? Like, there's just no way I couldn't... I complain so much. There's no way I could, like, justify (laughs) complaining as much as I do without trying to at least vote for what I believe in. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, if you don't vote, you can't complain for anything. I complain because the doors of the movie theater at the Grove opened in the wrong direction. You know what I mean? Oh, he's a local. (laughs) You know... But, or, like, remember, like, the old, like, you know, paying for parking at the Arclight? Like, that machine was so busted. I love and the Arclight. Oh, my God. R.I.P. Wait, what happened to it? Nothing, but I just haven't been there in so long. Oh. <laughs> like, when, I mean, it probably could be going out of business by now. No, I, it really can't. I would be so sad. I love that place. It brings me so much joy. Yeah, going to like movies there is, like, really the experience. I don't even like movies, Nick, but the Arclight Cinemas just, like, does something What do you mean you me. don't like movies? I don't what like do you movies. Mean? No, I don't watch... I really don't watch movies or TV. I don't dislike movies. I actually love movies, but I never want to watch them. Like, I never, like, put on a movie. Do you guys want to no. hear a script? Yeah. Sure. 
I have not watched television or a movie since April 1st. I don't... I think, like, I'm Good for you. fairly same. I think the last show I watched was... No, the last show I watched was Legendary. I love that show. Loved it. Well, it's just, like, I don't want to see stories that, like, are from before, like, that take place now that, like, without COVID. And then, like, I don't want to see stories about COVID. So, finally, it was just, like, I don't want to watch anything. Oh. <laughs> oh shit (laughs) we'll fix it in post we wanted to talk about sexual health and the language we're supposed to use around having stds bronze do you want to start (laughs) (laughs) no i honestly feel like i don't know how i learned it or maybe it's just because i've always grown up non-judgmental but like i've seen so many people in the queer community and just honestly in general when they refer to stds it's like and maybe they've, like, gotten all negative results. It's like, oh, I'm clean. And, like, the word clean is just so wrong. It's, like, very offensive because it's, it's like, insinuating that if you have a sexual disease, you're dirty. Right. Which is not true at all. Right. Zero percent. Things happen. It's just, like, as if you were to, like, get a sniffly nose. Like, you're just sick and you get it taken care of. You're not dirty if you're just, like, sick. <laughs> But everything is treatable. That's why there has to be, like, a removal of stigma around it and it being, like... Like, I feel like when I grew up, STDs were, like, it was really bad. Like, What kind of... What did you learn about STDs in school? Nothing. Zero percent. I did not even have to take, like, an STD class, nothing. Really? Yeah. I have a very specific memory of being in high school and them talking about it and telling me that this, like, screw piece was going to have to go up my dick hole and pull out the STD. Are you serious? Yeah, that's what they told us. They're so crazy. I went to like, like you, they didn't. Up. They like didn't say you take antibiotics and it's gone. It was like the treatment. Not only does getting an STD suck, the treatment is also terrible. And I was like, oh that god, sucks. that sounds awful. But yeah, it's like there shouldn't be a, a like a stigma around it being like dirty or anything because you're not. You just you just get it treated just like anything else, right? I guess. But my point was that I didn't even know that that was a thing when I was younger. I didn't yeah, know me either until I like experienced life in the world i've never had a real std yeah say keep it like that that's yeah, good somehow i skated by but there are also so many gay guys who like don't live in like cities and don't even have like access to like testing as easy as like people who live in cities do so they just like fuck raw all the time i guess i guess yeah that's something i didn't take into consideration is that i have so much ac- living in west hollywood i have so much access yeah it's kind of gr- i mean we even have like having access to prep is cool like a lot of places that's like expensive or not done like california pays for our prep right mine gets delivered to the door me too mine's getting delivered tomorrow <laughs> <laughs> call from sean to accept press one to send a voice sean Hello. Oh my god, it's Sean. Sean, welcome to the Sean, show, baby. <laughs> Sean, what was your review of the debates? Oh man, I mean, I uh, I just feel hopeful that that was like the last thing people needed to see to know that that man's a fucking psycho. Am I allowed to curse? I don't know. Yeah, you can say you whatever can say you anything. want, baby. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, um, what yeah, would we it do? It was pretty crazy. No one, no one was able to talk. Everyone was just talking over each other. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, it was a mess. Um, I wished that uh, Joe Biden would have got some more. I, am I having turning this into a political show? I guess I am because it's so relevant. You're not turning it into a political show, but you're talking about a relevant thing. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah. yeah, it's good. It's 
2020, it's an election year. Everything is going to be a little bit political. It's okay. Thank so, you for making me feel better about that. Sean, something we wanted to, we were talking about earlier was that now that this first debate has happened, like what's next? Man, I hope that P-tape. We've been hearing about that P-tape for years. If that came out during October, that'd be, that'd be tight. I, I just so kind of feel like... A P-tape. What is? Nothing, wait, I feel so that, like, like. What is the P tape? I don't know what it is. You don't know about the P tapes? Oh. No, you don't know about the P tapes. Okay. How is this old news? No, this is a this is a conspiracy theory, kind of. Okay, that Russia has right. so much dirt on Trump because they have videotapes of him peeing on hookers. Oh my gosh, this is crazy! And they like set him up and like got him in a bunch of like they have like blackmail basically. I the concept of peeing on a hooker is this is so crazy. I feel like I'm at a fucking yeah. The show. I kind of feel President like peeing on a hooker. I kind of feel like America could benefit from like seeing water sports on a national level. Like, let's stop king shaming people. Could you imagine he like, like started a revolution? Be- like, people were like, "This is fine." The the pre- <laughs> everyone was fine with water sports after that. <laughs> oh. Part of the beauty of that sound effect is that it's so long. It's so great. <laughs> Have you? Do you have an STD story or sexual health story to share with us? Yes. Um. Uh, yeah, probably. So uh, I remember being in college, and the first like foursome I ever was a part of. Foursome. Um, I remember. Yeah, it was like with another couple. Um, they invited me over for wine night, and I was like, maybe it'll happen. And I was like, with my good friend. And I remember driving to it and listening to Why Not by Hilary Duff. Oh my god, Why Not by Hilary Duff. <laughs> Such a good one. Wow. I love this story, actually. Okay, continue. And uh, it happened. Like, we all hooked up. And then, like, like, two months later, I got a call. And they were like, hey, just wanted you to know I, like, have, like, gonorrhea. So I need you to go get checked out. And I just, like, never... You were so scared. Never really gotten tested, and I was really scared about it. Oh, so I remember like having to call every boy that I had like hooked up with. Did you have any? Months, si- which, did like, you have I, it? And college was not many. Um, did you even like, end up two. having gonorrhea? Yeah. Did you have it? Yeah. No, I didn't. You that know? was such a learning lesson. You know, it was the best way to learn. Yeah. Also, learning to do the calls after you get the results. Yes, for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> well, now they oh, have yeah, it where no. you can. They have like the automated text. You can, like, go online and send somebody a text, like, you need to go get tested. Oh, like, no way. It's, like, completely anonymous. Yeah. I think I would probably still send, like, a personal text. Like. Let me think about know, it. I've not been I'm in this. I'm not going to lie. It was me. I've not been in this scenario yet, but I'm trying to think if I would do the same. And I don't think I would. I don't know. I feel like I wouldn't say anything. I would just, like, send the text. I didn't know that that was an option, but that's. Me either. Somebody told me about it, actually. It was because they did it. What if you're patient zero? You know, like you have to like let them know where it came from so they can like, you know. Oh, right. right. So like, like going back with like six or seven people in a month, you know, mm-hmm. like whatever you're, whatever you do and you just get that text you're like, fuck, like now I have to like, who do I let know? But like, there's nothing really like wrong with having an STD. Right. I, and no, I, I like totally agree. We're trying to change the language the around it, that it's fine. Mm-hmm. I agree. This is a good perspective, to be honest, because I do agree with this, that, like, there's nothing wrong with having a CD. That's why I was like, I've not been in this predicament, and I could totally see myself going the emotional route and just being like, I did it. Because, like, (laughs) or it was me, or, like, I had a CD. 
because there's nothing wrong with it. You just like get it treated. It's just annoying. I think it's more, it's not about the stigma of it, honestly. I think it's just a fucking annoying. I haven't also been in that situation, you know. I, I can imagine, you know, there's still such a stigma like behind herpes. And if you're HIV positive, how do I say? To Sean, have that conversation. Like, I don't know. Wait, we're gonna. Oh, mm-hmm. I missed a call. Uh, freak. Oh, shit. Okay, I'm gonna let you go. Have fun. Okay. Thank you, Sean. We love you, Sean. Call from. He's nuts. <gasps> to accept. Hello. Hello. What do you guys think about all the politics going on, right? It's kind of a lot. I was thinking that it's the end of the American empire, if we're being honest. I agree. I think that either way. We're all gonna die. I think that either way it goes, it's going to be terrifying to live through. Why? What's your take on all the politics? I don't even know, honestly. I'm just. Did you watch I the debates? I was just, I couldn't stop, like, looking at their facial expressions and just, I don't know, just, it's a lot, sir. Yes, it is. Something I want to say, too, about the debates is that that moderator sucks at his job. He could not wrangle those oh. guys for anything. He was Honestly, terrible. They keep arguing and he's just, like... They've got him in the I full corpse makeup and I he can't even do the game. I feel like the moderator was pretty aggressive i feel like there's only so much you can do if the person someone you're trying to moderate I was aggressive at work today oh my gosh wait what did he say someone told me i was aggressive at work today where do you work? what did you do i work at starbucks i took the order and he just called me aggressive and i was just like thank you sir i'll take that into consideration oh that's rude i like the way you said that though it's like perfectly bitchy like, maybe I'll take your advice, but I probably won't. Hey, Bur- um, you're calling, you're a Starbucks barista. Do you know if you paid more in taxes last year than Donald Trump? The answer, probably I did. The answer is yes. Probably, I saw that yeah. actually today as, yeah. like, that was the, that was, like, the was bar they set it. the stat at was, like, Starbucks barista. Whatever. I'm making this way more complicated than it was. No. Well, caller, is there anything else you'd like to say? Have a nice night. Thank you. Thank Aww. you for calling. Thanks. I don't know. Oh, oh, sorry. Oh, I hung up on him. He was nice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sorry, person. I I thought you were hanging up. Watch that. Call from. <gasps> to accept, press one. <laughs> Hello? That makes me nervous. Hello? Hello? What are you up to? Maybe I have a short story. <gasps> okay, great. Okay. I guess you talk, you're talking about sexual health, right? Yes. Yeah. I went to the health clinic and it ended up being like a viral skin infection or something. Mm. But I guess it wasn't like a super strict STD or something. Right. Okay. But you got it transmitted to you sexually? Yeah. And so what did it, what, like what happened? I don't understand. Like what was the treatment? Yeah. So I went and I, I went and then they, I went to, like, uh, two different places. One gave me just, like, uh, oh, my gosh. What was it called? It was just some kind of cream. Okay, like yeah. Topical cream. Fine. And then one was like, no, that's too strong. Just use, like, tea oil, and it'll go away. Got it. <laughs> um, so did it go <laughs> away? The treatment was, like... Hmm. Did it go away? Like, did it take uh, a long time to go away? Two months. Wait, that's so long. Why did it take so long? Was it a pretty visible, like, thing, or was it pretty hidden? Is this gross? They were, like, well, it was, like, on my butt. 
so <laughs> so it was like fairly visible but did you feel like judged for having it like did you feel like there was a stigma around you having yeah it? did you have to like send that text to anybody to be like hey you should go get checked um yeah well we had that conversation and then it was weird because he was like so he was actually texting me because he got tested and he had an std got it um but then when i got tested it was like oh i don't have the std that he was telling me mine was just like a minor like you had a totally different like std that wasn't even really an std it was like a skin infection right but it was still like, yeah, transmitted from him. <laughs> Got it. That, I mean, Word. that is very possible. That's something a lot of people don't know is like just because you like have sex with somebody like, for instance, who has chlamydia, it doesn't mean you're going to get chlamydia and you could um, also get chlamydia. Like it's very just like it's it's there's not a guarantee. It's a real mixed bag when you're getting an STD. Right. So it's very possible right. that like he had two STDs and you just got one of them in that sexual encounter. And like, <laughs> and he was, he was like, yeah, there's, there's like two other partners he called, and then, and he, because he wasn't sure where he got it from either, and I was like, and I was like, sure, it wasn't me. <laughs> I didn't really have like anyone before him since my last test. So, well, good baby, we're glad that you're yeah. back in your full health. Uh, I appreciate the call, thank and you thank you for the story. story. Yeah. Oh, okay. So this is what I learned. So I tell the story because I told, the only person I told was like my best friend. And then that was like an important conversation because then he told me that he has an STD. <laughs> and Creating then, an open and dialogue. Totally yeah. I love that. That's yeah. what you should do. And we're like, yeah, it's okay to talk about it. And like, I agree. Like, it's fine. Yeah. So that's that's a appreciate good, your message. Adam. Yes, that's a good takeaway. Caller, we thank you for calling. Why don't you go get some rest? <laughs> and uh, we'll catch you around the block, baby. Cool. All right. Thank, thank you. you. Right, bye. bye. Honestly, I like the conversation of you like it's a mixed bag getting an STD. We have another caller. But they were all Call within from. the same moment. <laughs> Matt. Hello. Hey, hey. Hey, oh Matt. Gosh. How's Hi. it going? <laughs> Sorry, your volume was so Y'all did pretty good. Do I dare call? Oh, yes. my God. I'm so happy you called. I'm glad that you made it through, Matt. Is Did you watch the debates? Uh, yes, I did. And, man, what a train wreck that was. <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's pretty much been the uh, general. That's been <laughs> yeah, everyone's appraisal. Drank the entire time. Um, yeah. It was really sad, honestly. I, I was just very sad for my future. Like, you know what I mean? Watching two old white men fight over my future was just so sad, to be honest. Yeah. Honestly, I saw a tweet that was like, um, this is literally watching a six-year-old argue with a 92-year-old, and it's so accurate. Yeah, yeah. it was not it's good. Rough, yeah. uh, I am curious, though. Like, this one was obviously not great. Um, I am curious to see the vice presidential ones, because I think that's going to be a hot That's going to be hot. That's going to yeah. be a good actual debate. Oh, yeah. I'm very excited. Is that, that next week? I don't know. I didn't even know this one was tonight. I wouldn't have planned the show tonight if I knew it was going to be tonight. Oh. Do you have any experience with STDs? Or do you have an STD story you want to share with us? Any STD stories? Well, no fun stories, honestly. 
Yeah. Like, I don't know if fun... Well, did you ever feel like you were... Like, have you had an STD? Do you mind if I ask you if you've had an STD? I don't mind. I for sure have. And did you feel judged for having it? It's a pretty common thing. People have had STDs. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is kind of what we're going at. <laughs> like, it's pretty common, and there's still a lot of stigma around having an STD, which is, like, weird, because especially when things are common, we should all just, like, for instance, sex, something we all do, we yeah, should yeah. all just feel shit. normal to talk about. Yeah, I agree. Everyone's having exactly. sex. Why are we not talking about it? That's also kind of what I want to do this show and, like, normalize these kind of things yeah. and make well, a space STDs where people are a very, can like, talk taboo thing to talk about. And, like, I'll be honest, like, the first time I had an STD, like, I was terrified. I was like, oh, my gosh, what's going to happen? Mm-hmm. Until I went to my doctor, and my doctor was super cool about it. He was like, yeah, these happen all the time. Like, you're not the only person. He literally gave me, like, six pills to take, and that was it. Matt, <laughs> what did you learn about STDs in high school, if you did at all? Um, well, I went to, like, a pretty large high school, and we had, like, you know, sex education, like, in middle school and then again in high school. Did you find it beneficial? So I, I did, actually, uh, mainly for, like, you know, drugs and partying and STDs. Like, I learned a lot. What did you specifically remember about um, the STDs? You, also, you, learn, you learn a lot more just, like, through experience. I agree. Yeah. What did yeah. they tell you about STDs? Like, how was how were STDs presented to you as a high schooler? Well, one, as a, like, from a straight narrative. Oh, that's true. Yeah, you know? very true. So, yeah. So, like, STDs are presented from, like, a straight narrative. So, in high school, you know, I, I kind of, even when being in the closet, like, the idea of sex is something I shied away from. Because I was like so like internalized like you know homophobia that I didn't want to like admit that I like had a feeling or attraction to guys. So I kind of I like compartmentalized like my sexual identity, um, that, even though I knew about yeah. it like, through classes. But, I didn't really think about that, but that yeah. is so true. That's exactly <clears throat> what I felt too. Well, it's also because you know we don't get to explore like our sexual identities in middle school or high school, so we have you know our twenties to do that. So I feel as though I learned from experience a little later. Got it. Yeah, but I think I that's also kind of the, the gay experience is just kind of being a little bit late to the party. Yeah. It, what's funny is I actually, like, came out really early. Like, How I old were you? I was, like, 14 when I came out. Wow. But I don't Where even... Where did you grow up? Florida, like, Orlando. Is it kind of red there? Okay. It's super, super, so yes. Like, I just was lucky to be born in Orlando. And I'm a military kid, so I've lived all around. Did, did you have a, a Disney pass? I, I for sure did. <laughs> but I'm not a Disney gay. Absolutely. But I not, did. Okay, yeah. Is that kind of like Disney? Yeah, that's perfect. I think that's so good. Yeah. Um, but I came out when I was 14. <laughs> but I don't even really say coming out. I honestly, because I don't really think coming out, like, I don't really resonate with that term. I more always say, like, letting people in. Because I'm like, why am I coming out and oh you're not coming gosh. out? I'm just letting you into my life. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like, you're getting yeah. an invitation. Wait, I, just, I love that. Yeah, I've so, never heard about that. I mean, I just feel like coming out makes it feel like I had, like, there, like I was in hiding. Why? Why was I in hiding? Like, I'm, like, I'm just letting you in. I guess for me, and maybe some people, they resonate with coming out of the closet because they were hiding. But I was never hiding. Mm-hmm. I always knew who yeah. I was, and I just like talked about guys. Like, I never was to my friends. Like, I'm gay. The only person I ever came out to was like my mom. What did okay. she say? It was not. You were 14 roses. when you told your mom. I was 14. You know, as in retrospect, looking back at it, I think she actually handled it pretty well. I think it could have been really bad. So wait, what did she say? Yeah, that, that's she a was very not, I mean, to be. we were in a really Christian, like, environment, and she was, like, not happy about it. But, she, like, in, I kind of, like, went back in the closet for, like, a year, and then I just, like, came out again and when i was a junior in high school and she was just like fine with it and we just like now she's super cool with it and she's like totally on board yeah but um you know I, and i think that's actually a great experience 
like so many people have rough, awful coming out experiences and it's really sad. Yes. And I have so much like sympathy, I think, because I did not have that same experience. And for me, especially being like a queer person of color, it could have been a nightmare in Florida. Like this could have been so bad. Right. But it just never was for me. Matt, where did you grow up? I'm from Dallas, Texas, so my experience was a little bit different. And, you know, I'm fortunate enough to have family that supported me, but I think what it was was just, like, my network of friends and, like, the people I hung out with kind of, you know, made me shy away and hide in the closet a little longer until I went to college. Mm-hmm. How old were you when you came out officially then? Uh, freshman year of college. Okay. Okay. But I, I feel like that's a kind good... of interesting coming out story just because I came out earlier, like, online, like, Mm. on youtube like as a persona but i wasn't like actually myself it was almost like a, like a video diary <laughs> mm. wait so when your friends your friends know about it no no and and that actually those worlds collided like coming out of like um you know going into college they found your videos and were like hey <laughs> yeah. matt what the fuck yes yes that's it, how it happened but it was it was almost like a video diary for myself and then when it came like the public knowledge I had already graduated. So at that point I was just like, you know what? Things are meant to be. That was meant to happen. How did they find it? Um, I mean, I, I don't know who found it first, but I went to a, a very large, large school. Um, and, you know, after graduating, like people, I, I was very involved in the video club. People knew I was like doing YouTube videos, like on a separate account. account. So I guess people were just like already looking and I, I'm not sure who found it. First. My cousin was actually the first person to find it. I guess she was searching my name. So I actually deleted the channel. I was like super shy about it. You deleted um, it? Yeah, I did. <laughs> wow, that's sad. that's sad. That makes uh, my heart a little bit. I know, but I mean, I know, it's but then part I went to college and I like gained like a different like view on like homosexuality and like acceptance of myself and you know moving to LA has amplified that even more. Yeah, wow. that's, yeah that's so great, beautiful. Matt. I have a gay uncle also, so that really helped. That does and, help. You know, coming out like he helped a lot in that process. Mm, he's like, "Look, I know um, what's then, going on." Yeah, and, and I can like talk like with gay sex about my like with my uncle, and he's super cool about it. And like, there's like good banter there. With my parents, I don't talk like about gay sex too often, but it's not something like that's like super taboo. Mm-hmm. So my dad's oldest brother, he's actually my godfather. He like took me to my first Britney Spears concert, all of that, and I think he kind of knew that I was gay at a very young age. Mm-hmm. So having him as like a you know role model really helped a lot. I'm jealous of and everyone that. who ever had a gay uncle that they were like cool with. Well, you know, if, if wait, do you have a gay uncle? Does any of y'all have a gay uncle? I think no. I do, but I'm not like close with him, and yeah. I don't know if it's confirmed. If, if you're not the gay uncle or the gay cousin, then you are the gay uncle. I no, I for sure am the gay uncle. Matt, we thank you for your thank call, you, Matt. We hope you have a continue to have a safe sexual health life. Yeah, I'm and, so proud thank of you. So much, y'all. Hey, you too. Thanks, right, baby. We'll, talk, we'll catch you later, baby. Bronze, is there anything else that you wanted to talk about? I guess let's talk about Legendary. You liked it? I saw like the first two or three episodes. I thought I liked, I mostly liked watching what Megan the Stallion was wearing. Do you love Megan the Stallion? Yeah, I think she's great. I don't really know a lot of her music besides like the ones that have gotten big. Mm-hmm. But she's so great. Call from Anthony. To accept, press one to send a voice. Anthony. Hi. Hi. I feel like there's so much to talk about, but honestly, like I'm, I'm actually like really sad. I'm sad that like a lot of um, really important topics that need to be talked about on a stage like that uh, couldn't even have the nuance to be talked about. Which Um, which issues do you mean? I, I mean, I'm not surprised. And like the thing at this point, and I've been trying to drive this point into a lot of people is that like, 
you know, like Trump supporters, their vote is locked in. Yeah, there really is like, like I don't I don't really understand the whole I'm on the fence bullshit anymore. Um, I don't know how you could be on the fence. And, you know, the people who are voting for Trump, they don't have a political stance. They aren't concerned about I policy. Agree. They are only concerned about being on the side of the bully in power, and they will follow blindly anything that he says or does. Yeah, I don't know how um, people are still falling for that, especially with like the whole tax thing that just happened. Like how crazy right. like, I mean, the next a, month is going to go. That's a good. I mean, that's a good point. I think like yeah, while there might still be people on the fence, and I don't really understand that. I think it's a really small margin to be truthful, and like I've been saying for a little while now, like smear campaigns are pretty fucking useless like we're not changing trump supporters minds if they haven't cared yet nothing is going to make them care now like i could go on about all of the fucking things that have come out that should have been deal breakers from four years ago there's there's this there's this idea of like cognitive harmony and i think that is what trump supporters hold on to so fiercely wait what is that you're talking about Okay, so yeah, I'll elaborate. So, like, cognitive harm. So, like, you probably heard cognitive dissonance before. Yes. But cognitive harmony is kind of like one's effort to maintain, um, you know, the mental harmony that you exist in and mm. not really be open to anything that will disrupt that. So, that's why you can't use logic, reason, science, anything like that to actually get through to Trump supporters because their main priority is maintaining their cognitive harmony it's the same kind of deal with like mask wearers it's like really if you think Mm -hmm. about it wearing a mask is not that big of a deal but it's like being forced to do something that is like different than your cognitive harmony you're gonna attack it that makes sense it's like fear of change why is that why is that fear of change thing why is that so associated with republicanism and like uh why do we yeah why do we think people who are like trump supporters are so fearful of change the majority of trump supporters are white people right so i think like and we we could go down this rabbit hole but like it all does have to do with whiteness um and all of the things that come along with whiteness that you're assigned at birth which is white privilege white access white entitlement white fragility like those are all things that are provided to you when you are born white because of the system that we live in so it's like the like i hear a lot of people get so frustrated and they're like how could anyone be a trump supporter and why do they love him and how could people deny that racism exists and they get caught up in these like nonsensical um uh whys and hows uh and they, they get really really caught up in that and it's like we have to shift the conversation away from like how and why and stuff like that and and shift it towards here are the reasons why like you have to be able to equip yourself with the reasons mm-hmm. why this is possible in order to hope to dismantle all of this and create the world that we want to see. And I think that when, particularly when you are born white and I'll kind of go into like who is a Trump supporter and, and not white, but particularly when you are born white and, and you know, you've kind of been given a life to support someone like Trump because you have been given all of these privileges um, that has that has made your life on so average. Easy. You know, I'm not talking in absolutes, but it has made your life on average more luxurious 
than if you are not white. Yeah, and of um, in, in like return to that, they also know what is happening. Like they're very aware of what's happening in reverse to people who are not like them, and they do not want it for themselves. Which right. is probably why they're holding so strong. Right, to Kanye you. To Kanye. So you just touched on what I was going to say about Trump supporters who are not white. And like, just to be, just to be fair, like I am, um, I'm a queer man of color. I am Hispanic. Um, so I don't want to say anything that's like out of turn to what I am not, but what I will say about Trump supporters who are not white, what we often see and like, I'll just speak to like Hispanics because I guess I have the right to Hispanic people, many of them being immigrants to the country they see how people who are not white are treated here and they say, I want nothing to fucking do with that. Mm, So they assimilate, right? So they assimilate to like whatever is on the bandwagon of the white man. Um, And and that's why you see things like Hispanics for Trump and Cubans Mm -hmm. for Trump and like all these people that Trump fucking hates, right? Like how could you be for him? Yeah, which they also... I don't care if he hates me. If 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 I'm holding hands with the white man, I'm good. They mentioned like that, that today mm-hmm. in the debates, actually. They did, very briefly. Yeah, right. And so it, it's really all, the, the entire, honestly, this entire fucking country is linked to whiteness. Like, and, and, and the umbrella that is whiteness. Like, all the reasons for this madness and this, like, deranged mentality, it is all related to whiteness and the privilege that it is to be white and the disadvantage that it is to not be white or not be cisgendered or not be straight. Like, Mm -hmm. it all has to do with marginalization, really. I think that's, like, such a great point to talk on. And now I've learned a new term of cognitive cognitive harmony. Yes, I've never heard of that either, but until today. I think that the past year for me, uh, I really shined a light onto a lot of that kind of thing that I didn't I always knew about, but I didn't really know about it mm-hmm. until I read the yeah. stories and like saw all the reposts and things on Instagram. That stuff can be very, very impactful. And I'm someone that's been trying to really use my platform to, um, you know, to, to be a beacon of information can I ask and what you do or spread what... awareness on things and like, and, and use it not just for like posting a shirtless selfie of myself. You know what I mean? Like, so I think, I think at the same time, like, yeah, like, okay, I got it from Instagram. But it's like, no, you got it from Instagram and it changed the way that you, thought right like that's important it doesn't really matter the avenue of which you got the information i think it matters more the impact that it had on you and like i think that you know i think we're all in an era of like if we're open to it like dismantling like abolishing mentalities like unlearning a lot of shit and you know i think it for people who are marginalized it's like uh, hello, wake up, like, good morning, welcome to the table, like, you're finally, you're finally That's here. That's kind of how I feel, like, being a person of you color, You don't too. have the luxury of, like, waking up. Like, you were always awake, because, like, you have to, like, live every day with that marginalization. So, like, yes, as a white, cisgendered person, like, of course, of course you're going to encounter a moment where it's like, oh, shit, the whole world is talking about this, so, like, now I understand. Like now mm-hmm. I see it because again, it's like that cognitive harmony. Like when you live the luxury of privilege, like that's just normal for you. Like you normalize it, you're desensitized to it. But when you are constantly being marginalized, you're constantly having to fight that. So, and I, I think feel it's, like you know, also I feel like I ahead. learned a lot about myself during this movement as well. That I had always known these things and always known these principles, but it really fucking solidified it where I feel like now I can go out mm-hmm. and speak 
about what has been inside of my brain for years. And now I can eloquently speak about it and learn more and want more information because I feel like I'm even yeah. getting more of a truth. Even though, like, this is, like, my reality, it's, like, still a cloak. There's, like, it's a purposeful cloak so that, like, people of color cannot even really see it themselves and understand mm-hmm. what kind of system they really are in. But, yeah, that's crazy. Absolutely. Honestly. Especially since you, re- you live that reality. Like, a lot of that is, like, self-preservation. And I think up until this year, when it became such a global movement, like, the most global we've ever seen it, um, yeah, I think that's that's totally understandable. And, like, you know, an- another huge part of all of this is, like, if you were born in America and raised here and you went to public or private education here, you have racism within you, period. Like, it is in our textbooks. It's in the way. Like, I just saw something today that was, yeah. like, it, it was, like, a flashback to a picture of, like, an Egyptian um, an Egyptian sphinx with a human face on it, and the face was fucking white. Like, what the hell? Like, that didn't, that wasn't, that didn't <laughs> well, exist No, there, I started, you know? like, this yeah. movement made me realize that all of my public school education in terms of history was just so, I mean, and other things, too, to or be honest. Or even Jesus. Trash. Like, growing up Catholic, all the images of Jesus I always saw as yep. a kid were always a white man, but it's like, that dude was definitely, if he it's was just, real, well, was Everything has such a Same. nationalistic approach to it. I mean, even the fact that we take U.S. Yes. history, it's so, like, weird as hell and they make it seem like these things are just so have been done and over with for so long acting like it has been concluded like it's not something still going on today oh my gosh it's well if you remember in textbooks they used to show pictures of the civil rights movement of the 60s in in black black and and white white. when we had colored photos since 1903 which i did not not know about that until uh like the past year when i saw it and the photos in color are gorgeous they're beautiful they're stunning all of that is so intentional and it's in our textbooks it's in our media it's it's in everything that we're fed so like the the conversation is not like are you racist or not it's like are you doing the work to become anti-racist like and honestly like i'm kind of on the train of like fuck allyship i think allyship is way too passive it's too nice like we need to be accomplices. We need to be co-conspirators. Like we need to be advocates. Like that term ally is just like, I'm going to clap for you marginalized person while you continue to lead the fight to fix the shit that's been put against you your whole lives. Like, no, it's time to like fucking, you know, like (laughs) we have to become abolitionists. Like there, there is no just praying the racism away. Like we have to make it go away and it starts within ourselves, but you know, how old are you, Anthony? I'm curious. I I am 25. You are like, this was such a great call. Like, the yeah. information that I just feel like I got for this show is incredible. When you <laughs> talk about your social media and stuff, are you a public figure in any way? Like, I am not like a public figure. I actually would love to change my career path um, to policy and social justice. Like that, especially well, this year, just feels like I really think you purpose. should. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I would, and I would love to like be a congressman one day. Like, it's just something that I feel is calling me. And like, wow. if I'm going to really leave an impact, like I need to fucking do it. Well, so. I think you should like, honestly go for it. Should. Like, you... I feel very educated and convinced and you sound very like, like, like a leader, like someone who, yeah, really like knows someone who shit. really knows what they're talking about. Yeah. Confidently. Like you could talk about I it. I really appreciate seat. that guys. Thank yeah. That you. was awesome. Thank you so much for calling. This was a great call. Of course. Thanks for having me on. He's so great. I loved him. Call from. This is Daniel. Daniel. To accept, press one. Hello, Daniel. 
Oh, hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you, baby? I'm good. I'm good. What's going on today? Um, not a whole lot. Um, if um, if I slur a little bit, I've had um, a couple whiskey and cokes, but there's that. No problem. Is it because of the debates? So that's why I didn't want to call because I was like, it's kind of like a serious evening, and I feel like everybody's been like all about the debate on Twitter and stuff. Yeah, we don't have to talk about it. Like, we don't have oh. to talk about it. We can talk about something else. Random question, but um, like, how um, are you guys doing? during this whole pandemic thing okay i actually wanted to talk about this do you remember the phase of covid when everybody was teaching everybody how to wash their hands <laughs> yes that feels like forever ago for 20 seconds for or 20 whatever. seconds yeah I do literally 20 seconds but it's yeah. like so funny to think about like that was the main concern at the time like learning how to wash your hands now we are so deep in this pandemic it is like become a way of living like we've just learned how to live inside of it which yeah. was my biggest fear ever is that we'd be in it for so long we'd have to actually adapt and now it's totally going to change the way people interact with each other forever. even when i walk like i go on a lot of walks and when i walk down people on the sidewalk i like go in the street and like mm-hmm. i'm so just in the habit of doing that that that's gonna take some unlearning to be like oh i can pass someone on the sidewalk yes. again i saw Mar- i saw like the the interview with oprah and mariah carey about her book and there was, like, a clip of Mariah Carey, like, she just, like, got out of the car and she started, like, greeting her fans. And I was, like, oh, like, I literally gasped because I was, like, oh, my God, like, she's, like, touching her fan. You know what I mean? I was so nervous. Oh, but nervous. it was before the COVID. Before COVID. But I, like, I was so <laughs> triggered to be, like, oh, my God, like, where's her mask or why is she touching? You know, I was so nervous <laughs> for her. Yeah, it's And so then fucked. I was, like, I mean, immediately I was, like, oh, my God, of course, it's, like, old. But then I was, like, that's crazy. It's, so it's, it's a very hard time to truly not fantasize about the apocalypse and the true end of times. Kind of odd. Between the debates and the climate crisis and the pandemic. So how have you been doing the pandemic? So I'm good. Um, I didn't realize that I was um, an essential worker until all this began. So what's your job? I work in human resources for um, a grocery business. And I didn't realize how essential we are as um, a grocery store. So during the whole peak of everything happening, like all the aisles would get like wiped out. Like I didn't realize that like people would want like the first thing they would go for was toilet paper. And I was like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, I remember <laughs> that, that too. Was, even, remember that phase of COVID? Even when the toilet paper, paper thing yeah. like so long ago at this point. That's so literally, I cannot believe this. Like this feels like a joke. So what's it like now? How has your job changed? Uh, like even in the past like few weeks? So it's just so like I live in Texas, um, but it's it's so crazy because I feel like the main concern for like all the customers that we have is uh, about the political views and stuff. So like we ask them to wear a mask, you know. Just have you gotten any kickback about that? But, um, we get yelled at a lot, and it's rough some days, but it's what it is, right? Yeah, do you have to like kick people out of the store? Like, what is the consequence for not wearing a mask besides being filmed and put on Twitter? So we can't deny them, right? But um, where I live, it's not mandated by the county for like us to like enforce mask wearing and stuff. But for a lot of the other counties in Texas, it is so. It's been rough, 
uh, it still feels like something it, that but... your store could do just as your store. Yeah, we can't get into our grocery stores without a mask. Um, I was going to ask, like, how it's like over there because it's crazy because I feel like Texas is, like, taking it seriously but not seriously at the same time. Like, a bunch of our, like, bars and restaurants are open as wild as that seems. Same for us. Yeah, I spent a little bit of time in Texas this past summer and everything seemed pretty chill when I was there. And, like, this summer was when they had really bad numbers. That's why... uh, we get the heat sometimes for asking people to wear masks because, like, a bunch of stuff are open, and I feel like a lot of people aren't taking it seriously. But I'm just like, okay. Like, Has there been I'm any sorry, fights or God, anything but... physical happen at your store? Um, Not at my location, but I've heard of it being an issue at other places. Um, I've heard about this one point, like, actually getting tackled because she asked the customer to put on a mask, and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, that's, it's like, so excessive like <gasps> oh that person hung up it's okay maybe their phone died i think so it's a weird night for the debate it is stuff. a weird night this is i think people are a little bummed out including myself yeah well bronze thank you for joining me on the show today of course where can people find you bronze avery everywhere listeners i hope you learned something today this has been a very interesting unique episode it has it's been like a more serious one if this was definitely a more serious one do are they usually more serious or no no last week we talked about will ferrell and peanut butter i love (laughs) (laughs) that's how we're gonna talk about now this one got so heavy but i think it's good i think this is a very informative episode i was like i was like Bronze, make sure you bring your silly game. And I'm I like, feel like I did. Here I am, like, well, it's over. <laughs> America, America's <laughs> dead. All right, everyone who called in, we thank you, and we will catch you next time. That was like a great podcast voice at the end. Thank you.